A new flagship Micro Four Thirds camera from Panasonic. Welcome back to another Textination interview. I'm Fred Fishkin. And joining us from Panasonic is Business Development Manager, Matt Fraser. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Thank you, Fred. Um, excited to be here. Well, we've got uh, a brand new camera to talk about in the Lumix G Series line, just unveiled and going on sale later this year. Yeah, um, so we've introduced the GH5 Mark II, which is a refresh of our GH5. In addition, we've announced a development announcement of a GH6. So uh, that camera should be out sometime by the end of the year. Very interesting. So give us the overview on both of these cameras and what some of the key differences are. Yeah, so the GH6 will be much later in the year. We've only revealed a small sampling of its features. So um, the camera will have a brand new sensor and a completely new engine. Um, the camera will also include uh, the ability to record 4K video at up to 120 frames per second uh, in 10 bit. Uh, the camera will also include a truly uncropped DCI, which is a wider aspect ratio of 4K for cinema applications, uh, 60p 422 10 bit, and that's a completely unlimited recording time. And then oh, one of the things I'm most excited for is a 5.7K video at up to 60 frames per second in 10 bit. So that's kind of the, in the mirrorless camera segment, that's really the highest resolution and frame rate combination in a mirrorless camera body. And um, we expect the product to sell for approximately $2,500. And it should be out by the end of 2021. Um, as for the GH5 Mark II, um, it takes a lot of what was very successful with the GH5 and it's really uh, overbuilt some of the video specifications. So on a GH5, if you wanted to do 4K 60p video, uh, you only had eight bits. And I keep throwing these bits around, but what, what that really means is that you go from about 16 million colors on a GH5 in 4K 60p to over a billion different color combinations on the GH5 Mark II. And this means you have more uh, latitude to make corrections after you've shot your footage. Um, the GH5 for Cinema 4K, which is a wider aspect ratio, uh, you can really only do that at 30 frames per second. And we've now added uh, the ability to do that at 50 frames per second, 60 frames per second, and then in 10 bit at the same time, things you just could not do with the GH5. And then I think my, my favorite feature that we've added is the wireless live streaming functionality. This is a, shockingly easy system to use. I think for a lot of customers, um, they, they divert to using their smartphone when they have to do a live stream. You know, I know that for my kids' uh, athletics this past season because of COVID-19, I wasn't able to go to those games. <clears throat> so a coach or a parent who could go, um, who's an assistant, would use a smartphone and film the volleyball game or the basketball game. And it was just kind of a not great experience to, to watch those events. Um, by making a much easier solution with the GH5 Mark II, you know how the zoom lens, you have much higher resolution, higher quality images, they handle better in low light. And we have an application for your smartphone called the Linux Sync app that makes all of this very simple to engage and use. Well, tell me what your thoughts are. It's an interesting strategy that Panasonic has here with the two announcements yeah. uh, with, the, with the GH5 Mark II. Uh, do you not worry? It would seem like a, to the average person, they might look at it and say, well, they've announced two cameras. Uh, 
the GH5 Mark II and then the, the GH6. Geez, why should I buy the 5 Mark II when the 6 is coming? Yeah. So, <clears throat> well, for one, keep in mind that we're at 2000, around $2,500 for the GH6. The GH5 Mark II will target a much more um, affordable price point of $1,699.99, so just around $1,700. And so we see that there's probably a market need for the two different cameras. Not every consumer is going to be able to afford to invest in a $2,500 camera or may have the need for some of the features of the GH6. And so offering up a solution that's in a very popular price band um, allows us to you know, reach more customers. And the fact is that the GH5 had reached a point where we could no longer make any meaningful uh, firmware updates. Obviously, we could maybe add a few small details, but we couldn't get the autofocus system where the consumer wanted it to be. Um, we certainly couldn't do the live streaming functionality. Uh, the stabilization of the GH5 Mark II gets a big update over the GH5 as well. And so we made the decision that in order to have a lower price point product that still gave high-end professional video features, it just made sense to refresh the new camera, give it our latest autofocus systems, improve its LCD screen, and offer a lower price solution. You know, it's, it's interesting. Panasonic and, and other makers really have a variety of top-notch full-frame mirrorless cameras uh, out there today. Why is the Micro Four Thirds market still doing well and coming out with new product? Yeah, so I think there's a few benefits um, to working with a Micro Four Thirds camera. Um, the, the first one I always say is that you know, people like to invest in mirrorless cameras because they think they're going to get a smaller camera. And, and that is true. A mirrorless camera makes a smaller camera body, but it doesn't guarantee you a smaller camera system because we can't get past the physics of that larger sensor. When the sensor is four times larger than micro four thirds, the optics have to become exponentially larger to be able to cover that image circle. And so what you end up with is a full frame camera lens with a mirrorless camera body. And sometimes there are ergonomic compromises that have to be made. Um, in addition, larger sensors consume more power, larger sensors generate more heat. And so if you begin to downsize that camera body and then accommodate a larger overall sensor, you end up with challenges of overheating, cameras that have recording limits or cameras that frankly, once they reach their thermal limit, um, can take upwards of an hour to be able to cool themselves down enough to be able to shoot for another 15 to 20 minutes. With the GH5 Mark II um, and the GH5, uh, those have unlimited recording times and all recording modes and all resolutions. Um, and they'll do this unlimited up to uh, an ambient temperature of 104 degrees Fahrenheit. So that means you can be shooting in a sunny, bright day and you're gonna get very reliable recording uh, simply because the system sensor is much smaller, it can better manage its thermals. So you get a smaller overall system because of the optics and you get better, more reliable video recording because of the reliability of the system as a whole. Um, the final benefit is that with a smaller sensor, we can actually get faster readout speeds. So you know, we've seen in the smartphone revolution for photography, um, the use of things like computational algorithms, right? That can help us to uh, get rid of noise by using more frames faster and combining them to create uh, like HDR level images or images that are canceling out noise from frame one to frame two. Um, because micro four-thirds sensors are smaller, they read out faster. 
And so we can incorporate some computational photography uh, solutions in the product as well, like um, the GH5 Mark II will get a firmware update, which will add our live view composite function, which allows you to take shorter shutter speed, long exposure photos. Kind of a confusing terminology, but uh, sometimes we want to use a 30 minute exposure to capture the stars in the background, creating that star trail look. And the problem with doing a 30 minute exposure in a city is that you end up with a lot of light pollution that floods the image. Um, what we do is we give you the option to shoot maybe a 20 second exposure length, which means the city lights won't overexpose the image and you get just a little bit of blurring in the stars. And then we just take sequences of images and we um, add constructively those next images on top of the first one. And we give you a completed image that has the same look without the compromises of a long exposure. So. Um, we also have done things like our 6K photo mode and 4K photo mode, which um, will allow you to extract images that take a first frame and a third frame, and they look at them for noise and they completely reduce all the noise out. So th these are all functions that we can do because of the faster sensor. Really interesting. And of course, uh, people may be aware if they're photography enthusiasts that there's a great system of lenses out there in the micro four thirds uh, world from you, Olympus, and others? Yeah. So, you know, Micro Four Thirds is a consortium of, of camera companies and lens companies. Uh, obviously, Olympus and Panasonic are the best known of the two. Um, Panasonic introduced the very first Micro Four Thirds camera, but it's based on the Four Thirds system developed by Olympus. And so between the two companies, you have well over 50 lenses to choose from. And the nice thing is when you, if you put an Olympus lens on a Panasonic body, it's as if it was made by Panasonic. It works through the autofocus system, the metering all works. Uh, it just works the way it's supposed to and vice versa. And that's, that's a benefit of working with a mount system that multiple companies support. Uh, it doesn't leave you out in the cold if one manufacturer doesn't like a particular focal length and the other one does. You can, you can go ahead and just mix and match and get the best focal lengths for your uses. And I know uh, over the years, you've developed a really loyal following of professional filmmakers. I don't know if we could say film. <laughs> professional uh, movie makers that, that use your system. Yeah, they love to be called filmmakers. It's perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think because Panasonic concentrates on the features and functions that um, directors of photography uh, have come to expect from you know, big cinema cameras, uh, it makes it very easy for them to want to work with ours. And even at the lower end of the market, if you're a film student who plans to go to university for film study, uh, you can set up a Lumix camera, especially a GH model, um, even our S-series products, can be set up to speak the language of cinematography. So let, let me give you a couple of examples. Um, you know, photographers think of things like shutter speed. And uh, shutter speed is expressed in fractions, right? Like a one one twenty fifth of a second or a one two fiftieth of a second. Um, that's not the way that a cinematographer thinks of shutter speeds because they used a spinning disc in their in their film cameras. So they think of it in shutter angle, like how many degrees of rotation the shutter will give us. And so it's common to shoot things at a hundred and eighty degree shutter angle. Well, the point of this is that we give you the ability to change the language of the camera, so it can either be shutter speed or shutter angle. For ISO, it can either be ISO or gain if you're a video professional. Uh, we include tools like waveform monitors and vector scopes that are commonplace in cinema cameras to get your exposure and white balance set correctly. Um, no other mirrorless camera systems offer those options. 
at all. Um, we even do things like um, offering you what I call a truly uncropped video. So every manufacturer says that they have some uncropped video, which means from left to right, they don't crop it. It gives you the full left to right angle of the camera, but they still crop the top and bottom because the sensor is a three two aspect ratio or a four by three aspect ratio. We give you a true open gate function, which can capture the entire readout of the sensor, which is commonplace in cameras like the Arri Alexa XT and the Sony Venice. And it's used for post cropping, but it's also used with anamorphic lenses, which squeeze the image and give you very unique lens flares and a very unique look to the image. And again, in mirrorless, we're the only camera brand that offers a truly uncropped video signal and the ability to de-squeeze anamorphic lenses and even stabilize those anamorphic lenses because they are a specialty lens that requires different characteristics from the stabilizer and the camera body. So uh, I think cinematographers like us because we do the stuff they wanna do. And the size of the system, the size of the camera is a pretty big deal, I suppose, when you might be out on a shoot. Well, in, in comparison to a you know, Sony Venice, a Panasonic Vericam, or an Arri Alexa, uh, even the Alexa Mini or the, um, the Vericam LT, you know, it's probably 10 times lighter, nine times lighter than those solutions. So as a B camera, a C camera, or a crash cam, um, they're very freeing because they're so small, uh, especially in the era of COVID-19, um, where productions had to rethink how they shoot things. Um, you could no longer ask your talent to sit in a, in, a, in a car and shoot that same sequence four times and move the camera three to four times for each scene because you only have so much time with your talent. Um, production was looking for ways to uh, reduce camera sizes and not have to have a big giant production camera that's moved from the left side of the car to the right side of the car. You have two takes or three takes for it. Now you can hide those cameras behind the rear view mirrors of the, of the car. You can stash them very easily and you can do it all in one take now because the quality of the camera is there and it's just much smaller. What about consumers and, and enthusiasts, uh, that market, Matt? Uh, why should they consider a camera like the, the GH5 Mark II or, or the GH6 when it, when it does arrive over some of the other many great cameras that are out there today? Well, you know, my opinion is that the Micro Four Thirds standard, and, and we make full-frame cameras. We have a very popular line of full-frame cameras, in fact. But my personal opinion is the Micro Four Thirds sensor size is the Goldilocks of sensor sizes. It produces a much nicer image than your smartphone is going to produce. It is much smaller than a full-frame camera for the overall system. Um, if you're a sports photographer, which I am because I have kids in athletics, um, you get incredibly fast burst rates with these cameras. Um, whether you want to use our 6K photo mode, which will give you 30 frames per second for photography, or you want to just use the traditional shutter mechanism, we can still deliver 12 frames per second for photography with that. Uh, the video features are unrivaled. so. When you have to switch from doing your sports photography to shooting some video of the athletic endeavor that your kids are in, um, you're gonna get terrific video that's gonna be awesome quality. Uh, and in terms of how well-rounded the system is, uh, Micro Four Thirds is the most complete system in crop sensor mirrorless cameras. I would argue it's the most complete system in all of crop sensor cameras. So you're gonna have the widest selection of lenses. You're gonna have the widest selection of camera bodies with differing features and benefits. Uh, you have different philosophies between Olympus and Panasonic on how a camera should work. 
And ultimately that gives you a lot more choice um, when you choose the lens mount. Uh, ultimately the camera body is temporary. The lens mount you invest in is forever because the lenses ultimately last forever. And so it's great to know that you can vacillate between two different brands and get high quality options from either. Terrific. So once again, the, the GH5 Mark II is available when? So we hope to be shipping that camera late spring, early summer. Um, so the GH5 Mark II should be out uh, just in time for, uh, we're, ho we're hopeful we'll, we'll hit just before July 4th, but um, don't, don't quote me on that one. Okay. Well, you're quoted on this. But, and the, yeah, GH, the GH6 is coming along, we're just saying what, later in the year? Or? Yeah, it, unfortunately my, my crystal ball is a little cloudy right now. So it's not quite telling me when that camera is going to be out, um, but we've, we've made a commitment to have it out by year's end. For more info, where's the best place to go? Uh, you know, I'd recommend shop.pinsonic.com. And I'd also recommend if uh, you're interested in um, just learning more about Lumix cameras uh, in a more conversational way, uh, we have our YouTube channel, which is, uh, it's called Lumix Cameras and the Lumix Cameras YouTube channel. We do a weekly live stream every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's a live Q&A. So customers can come in, ask us questions, interact with us, and we'll happily uh, address any of their concerns they have. And we usually do an interesting topic each week. Terrific. Matt Fraser, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Thank you, Fred. I appreciate it. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio. And that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC Skywave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.